Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Ross, I'm hungover as a prick and I made poor life choices last night, so just forget about me, mate. Move okay. <laughs> a man who said Dave Warner modelled his game on. Hmm. Our man with his ear to the ground on all things local cricket and club politics. Hello, Michael. I take zero responsibility for what happened yesterday. Australia's number one Nathan Lyon fan and our guru. Hello, Alex. Hello, guys. I have to say, this is groundbreaking, but I'm off Nathan Lyon. Oh, oh no. no. Yep, I'm off him. Mm. He's going to have to work pretty hard for me to get back on him. Oh. I'm now following the bison. Oh, oh, <laughs> out of the fry pan into, into the fire. fire. It's like jumping off the Titanic and into the life raft, only to find the life raft had a hole in it. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, times of people need supporting times of need, so I'm all over the bison at the moment. Get around him. That sounds like a Beatles song. Yeah, all over the bison. Yeah. <laughs> Today we come to you from the Twin Studios. I'm in the frederickharold.com.au studios, and the rest of the crew are in the Fred- Frederick Harold Facebook page studios. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> this is a Big Lug production, brought to you by our ever-growing host of financially viable sponsors, the Gold Medal Soft Drink Company, Collins Class Submarine, Dick Smith, Masters, Pizza Haven, Eagle Boys, Bunnicle Bills, Ollie's Trolley, Smorgie Sister, Philo, Franklin Supermarket, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail, Hey, Pocket Mail Me, Copper Art Brushes, Laser Disc Flash Drives, and of course, all our podcasts are recorded onto high-quality Betamax. Don't forget our Patreon and Kickstarter campaigns. Give that we may record better. <laughs> First up, it's National Team Talk, and it's time for a Gus Gould monologue. (laughs) Cricket is the game all Australians love. We live (laughs) to play cricket. (laughs) It's almost better than Origin. (laughs) But lately, something has been very wrong with the game of cricket in this country. It started a few years ago and the excuses have come thick and fast. But really, in these times of deep, deep problems, we need to look at ourselves very, very hard. There were occasions when I heard things said like, ah, but it was only a second-tier test nation. And so performances were dismissed. Then I heard excuses that it was the wrong time of the year and we only have a small population anyway. (laughs) But I don't buy that. The numbers don't lie. Beautiful prose. (laughs) Yesterday. A Saturday, 7851. Belrive Oval holds 20,000 people, yet only 7851 people bothered showing up yesterday. Disgrace. Oh, Absolute well, disgrace. A disgrace. Yeah. Worst set of numbers I saw yesterday, to be honest. Oh, the betting card. <laughs> yes, anyway, that's my monologue. I bet you didn't think it was going to go there. No, no, no. I thought fixturing would have been the ones that you would have been stuck with. uh, The people of Hobart deserve to lose a test match after that. That's disgusting. Um, It it started on a Saturday specifically so that they would have a decent crowd, and that's pathetic. Yeah, I heard um, what's going to happen is Eddie Maguire's in talks to build another stadium (laughs) that holds 15,000 people to have a second test match. In Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think that'll work. That'll help. Yeah. Yep. That's smart. I'd say Geelong would be a better option. Yeah. Canberra. Cryo. Um, Alice Springs. Canberra's a way better option. Yeah. Mildura. Yep. Sug and buggin anywhere. Sug and buggin. You've done yourself in, Hobart. That was pathetic. Yeah, yeah just it was very good. The second shocking thing yesterday, that was number one, the crowd. Number two... The guy who sang the national anthem for Australia. How was the um, the the stickers on the man? Yeah, yeah. a full neck brace of ink. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a sleeve on; he had a skivvy on. 
picture of that bloke i want to pop it on the facebook page i've got one i'll pop it up there. <laughs> does he have a swooshed over haircut as well he did he had glasses on i'm pretty sure i could tell from through looking through my tv that the lenses were just plastic they weren't actually you know magnifiers <laughs> so you reckon he's one of your thornbury slash northcote gypsies do you yeah he just no no facial hair that was the thing that surprised uh, me uh, yeah. maybe that's any... our maybe that's our hobart two hipsters no yeah. facial hair he did have a on the front of his neck like at his adam's apple he had a massive cross too just, yeah. just weird looking bloke yeah but god loves him neck too yeah. god does love him god I think loves it's in the bible isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah die with the die man with the neck ink first john 3 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not austin 316. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and there was there was one other thing yesterday the third thing that i was disappointed with and that was Australia's batting. Mm. Yeah, disappointed. Oh. I managed there to flick on the TV for the very first ball of the day. And um, Vernon Philander didn't have his radar on. He bowled a wide down the leg side that must have been... Well, the keeper did a good job to stop it. Mm. And then um, talk us through that shot, Mick. Yeah, so I've been working with Dave on his front foot driving. Yeah. And we've worked, he's got really good hand-eye. So what we've decided is is that the best way for him to attack the ball is just to put his foot straight down the middle yeah. and just flash his hands as hard as possible at the ball. No matter no matter the width. Like we're probably talking 15, 20 centimetres outside the off-stump. That's our hitting zone. That's what we're going yeah. for. Yeah. We work on the theory that South Africa can't catch. Yeah, so oh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it'll be okay. So we we just think that you know that's that's the best way to get off the mark. Get good leverage out yeah, there too. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and everyone knows in Hobart the ball doesn't do anything, goes yeah, dead yeah, straight, just exactly. perfect conditions all the time. You know. So well, I think it's a great shot for Hobart because it's so cold down there; it's really hard to catch the ball. Yeah. yeah. So he was unlucky that it went to the bloke with the mitts on. Yeah. You know, otherwise, if yeah. it had gone to potentially third slip, we're talking two broken fingers. Yeah. And. It allows sure runs. Slapping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bit of ow. So yeah, bit unlucky, I would have thought. Yeah. But that, you play this natural game, and that's exactly. all you can. Yeah. Natural oh. game is all you can. Natural ask game. For. It's all you can do, and the only thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, Brad had to stop. Yeah. Change, not even just one decision yeah. away from your natural uh, game. No, not even I one just, ball. I, I like to hit the ball two fielders at catchable height. Yeah. That's my natural game. It's a vegan approach to yeah. cricket. Yeah. It's got to be all natural. Yes. But I didn't get a chance to see a lot of it, Ross, uh, no, yesterday really. because I was impersonating a cricketer. So um, I, I did see the run out of Callum Ferguson though on the uh, on the replays. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Do you want a, do you want a fun fact about sure. that subfielder? Yeah, he's a keeper. Oh really? <laughs> he's their backup keeper. He has fielded like yeah. He hasn't always kept, but it, but for his um for his first class side yeah. in South Africa, I heard this on the radio yeah. when I was driving to Creek because I had to work in the morning, and they were saying it yeah at his club in and he's on the tour as the backup to Quinn de Kock. Yeah, right. So he was he's a he's a backup keeper that ran him out. We can do it all. I threw it threw it down from forty meters away. How do you get yeah. run out in a test match when uh, you're fucking five for seven? Yeah. He slipped Ferguson at the um when he turned around to come back. For can the he second. not say no though? Can't you err on the side of caution? Just go well, look. Steve, we're he's in already a bit of fucking trouble here. He's already had two knee reconstructions, so he's probably lucky he didn't slip uh, over and do a knee. You, you, just do, you just do part <laughs> cricket style and just go, yeah, one's pointing, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. drop that first one and go, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I saw a little bit of footage of his dad, Ferguson's dad, and he's had flown in from Adelaide, I think, but his brother oh. had flown in from London. <laughs> yes, yeah. I saw that. And he was storming Stormed out on. of the aisle yeah, and up, and up the too. stairs. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so I actually funny. watched um, last night on my phone. I watched all the dismissals okay. yeah. from the Australian. Well, did a pattern emerge? Oh, there oh, was, was a definite pattern. Yeah, there was, so, look, there was a lot of. Like, Joe, I'll go through them quickly. Got a good one. I'll like go through them quickly because I know yeah. I know what they were. Joe Burns hit on the pad, missing a straight one or hit leg yeah. straight. And, yeah, um, I did see that live. That was straight. Yeah. yeah. Then Usman Kawaja edged one that sort of got up a little bit to slip, I think. Yeah. And then um, yeah, first ball to Voges, he feathered one to the keeper. No, I thought he got chopped. 
No, 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 he feathered one. Oh, it was a good ball. Just yeah, it was good. Ferguson run out, then um, Neville LBW. They reviewed it and he was out. LBW Mm. missed missed one that was hitting leg stump. And um, then the tail enders. It was interesting. um, Joe Many tried. Yeah. Don't didn't see his dismissal, but the the other ABC Radio were talking a lot about the um, Stark Hazelwood and Lyon just. Not not trying, just giving up, just having a few. Having well, a while. yeah, well, well, I listened to that today actually. Yeah. Uh, my my issue with watching the tail, and you can't put it on the tail. No, the you can't. The thing I didn't understand about watching the tail was, but they all got out driving. Yes, they weren't defending. Like, so, so they weren't defending. They weren't just yeah. trying to stay with Smith. Yeah, yes. they had this, yeah. and this is the whole bullshit with fucking Rob Marshall and our number eleven needs to average twelve or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're, they were all trying to make. They all went out trying to make runs. Yeah. When their job was just, you've got a bloke, you got the skipper at the other end. Stay with him as far, stay with him as long as you can. And, and a few people actually had a go at Smith for not trying to farm the strike enough as well. Yeah. Like, that's a bit of a tough one yeah. as well. Yeah. But um, but all nearly nearly all of the Thailanders went out driving, and they were either caught and slipped or yes. got bowled from memory. Yeah. yeah so right. I listened to an interview with. Mitchell Stark on ABC Radio yeah. on the way home from the great Ballarat today. Yes. Um, and he was interviewed, and apparently, well, previous to this, the um, commentators were saying that um, there were some very stern words by Smith after that batting performance. Mm-hmm. In the, They didn't say what the words were, he just he went right through everyone. Oh, I would imagine the words were, that was fucking useless. Yeah, that was, yeah. Pretty, that was probably the words. You didn't play your natural game, yeah, and look what yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, and what they were saying is, they were wondering why, or that they interviewed Mitchell Stark and said, look, you went out playing the shot, all these other players. Is there anything about sort of digging in and giving, you know, batting with Smith and something like that? And he goes, that was talked about at lunch, I think, when he was in. And, yeah. and they were walking out to go, and then Smith goes to Stark, oh, don't put your shots away. Like, still play your shots. Uh, so I reckon there's a mixed message there. Right? That, well, that's clearly it. Yeah, yeah. And, right, and we yeah. sort of read him in between the lines and the commentators were talking about it, saying that that's probably indicative of the muddled sort of approach we had to the start of this test. Yeah. Sort of, I don't think anyone really knows what the actual plan is. And no one, you know... Do yeah. the Australian cricket team have, say, a book with what their goals are written down in it so they know what to do? <laughs> Like a game plan. Oh, yeah, game plan. Yeah. yeah. And so they can, you know, at, at lunchtime, maybe they could open it up and Darren could say, okay, everyone, open up to chapter three. Um, big collapses. What do we do when there's a big collapse? And maybe you go around the room and get Stop people to read out one coach. sentence each. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah good. Did yeah. you um, read that article today, Ross, about how not one of our test cricketers had played any red ball cricket since the end of Sri Lanka? Um, no, but that's no, but that's not true because Joe and oh, oh they true. played pink. It would have been pink ball, but yeah. they played Shield game. Yeah, Joe uh, yeah. and Uzi had. I think so there was... the, all the players played in the first round of the Shield. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, they did. Warner made 173. Yeah, but that was... but they played with the pink ball. Yeah, but that they... should be more accustoming to Perth because the pink ball's meant to move more. Uh, to Hobart, you mean? It's Hobart, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just, I agree with you. Just to cut in there, I think that yeah. might be inaccurate because the Australia A Tour that went on for all of July and August might be wrong there, but I reckon Joe Many was part of that. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but I think everyone in the squad played in the first round of the Shield. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 But that they're making it. a they're pink making ball. they're splitting hairs about pink ball, red ball. I mean, what's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. if it's a mindset thing. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's a mindset to bat time and overs in a game that you can yeah. bat for yeah. as long as you yeah. want. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's regardless of what colour ball's coming at you, you still got to change that mindset. It's an interesting one, though, because, I mean, the most of the Test players were on that one-day tour of South Africa. Yep. So the, they came back and when they played the second week of the Matador... Well, the second yeah. two, the last two weeks, sorry, the second half. I mean, the most they could have played was two Shield games. Yeah, and that, yeah, then that yeah. third one, the pink ball one. I mean, it's still not a lot. I, I don't, I don't know. Like they could go back to having the one day in the Shield. You know, uh, yeah, say New South Wales travel to Queensland and play them in the Shield, then have a day off and then play yeah, them one day. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But how do the Shield players like? 
changing between formats. formats so much. Yeah. Like, I think it's a little bit of an excuse and a cop out to yeah. say you can't apply yourself. You are the best cricketers in this country. Yeah. You can't go. I'm now playing a test, so I will bat accordingly. Yeah. Like, surely it's that easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but you're right. They're they're time professional. Yeah. yeah, you paid buddy million bucks. Yeah, you can't work out you're playing a buddy. The thing, the thing that I struggle with, and Warner's a perfect example of it, is the, just the idea like if that shot goes to the fence straight through covers, yeah. everyone gives him a proverbial blowjob and yeah. tells him how great he is. And the fact goes to the first leap, or the keeper jumps across first leap and takes it. It's like, oh, it's the worst shot I've ever seen. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, like, and, I, and it's, it's the it's the age that we live in. It's the it's this instantaneous mentality that yeah. you just go, you just jump on what's going wrong and what's going right, yeah. and just go with that. You see the same in all commentary, like football and yeah, that, yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly. And it's just like you can't sit there and pat him on the back for making two hundred of hundred balls. Yeah. And then a crack it when he makes a blob doing the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Thing. And what is possibly special? Like Glenn Maxwell. And what Mick does to Glenn Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't worry. I've actually... I'll be discussing that later. Um, yeah. it's, I think Water's a special case. And maybe yeah. a player like Maxwell is a special case, too. We have seen Water back slow <laughs> once yeah. in his first test ton. He the same, yeah. In the same venue and probably a similar pitch. It was um, um, his second test and his first test century. And he carried his bat, made a century in Australia, lost by like 10 runs to New Zealand. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, I think... The other batsmen like Kawaja and stuff like that, who aren't a power slugger, yeah. not a slugger, but just a power player, yeah. surely they have the skill set to be able to knuckle down and not thrust their hands at the pill or you think you know, so. not pick up on a short ball or a friggin' in-swinging Yorker. Like, <laughs> if you're a top three bat internationally, you shouldn't get bowled by a fucking Yorker in a test. Yeah, Jeez, this know, has been a real deep dive. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, interesting uh, no all-rounder. Yes, yeah. thankfully. What are we going to do? I think. But, but I like there's still the sun's still shining and the birds are chirping. Yeah. We don't have it already. What happened to what happened to uh, Buford never coach a side mm. that doesn't have an all rounder? So is Saker in charge for this test? I think or... potentially Buff might have been told to pull his fucking head in yeah. and play the team that I pick for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's one of the selectors, isn't he, Buff? I don't know. Because in the end, I'm backing Callum Ferguson to make a Test 100 before I'm backing Mitch Marsh to make a Test 100. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Me too, even though I'm on him. Yeah. 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 Callum Ferguson, yeah. yeah. So is there any truth that Clive Palmer is campaigning on make the Australian Test team great again and trying to become <laughs> the national champion <laughs> selectors? Is there any truth to those rumours? Uh, I think, needs to I think he's going to erect a giant dinosaur at the front of the <laughs> offices. Do we think it's team selection, Ross? That's the problem. Well, interesting you move on to that. Why did they pick a 32-year-old to bat at number five? When he hasn't six. made a run. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he has been in excellent form, but he... Oh, you're talking Cal Ferguson, Cal are Cal Ferguson, sorry, yes. Oh, I, I don't think Ferguson. he has been in excellent form. Uh, he has, he made no, a duck. No, he's... Yeah. Sorry, Ross, you're probably going to say something like No, no, he made a duck in his last innings. He made a ton before that, and yeah. the last two seasons in the Shield, he missed the second half of last season due to his knee reconstruction, but yep. the last season and a half, he's been oh, in the top two or three batsmen. Yeah, he's average about batting, 50. Batting but... at number three as well for South Australia. Yeah. So doing it properly... His first-class overall average is a tick above 40, which isn't yeah. to be snoozed at. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And in his last three seasons, he has that. But he had a, a 237 in there. Like, I know you can't say, oh, I can't include this in the statistical yeah, analysis. Yeah. But other than that, he hasn't had two, like three scores of note last year, I think it was, including a 250. He, like, he, only, he only played in the first five games of the Shield. Yeah. He did his knee in the BBL. Mm. So he only played five Shield games. Um. So just, three scores of note in five shield games is yeah, all right. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, forward. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's, it's an important point, and this this gets lost in a lot of the commentary about the Australian cricket team is because all the like sort of media types. I watched some TV today, and Francis Leach, who you know is usually pretty reasonable, was talking away. He doesn't know anything about state cricket. He only knows about you know eight of the eleven blokes who play in the Australian team. So how can you comment yeah. on this sort of stuff? Well, we do. Well, we can. <laughs> yes. but, but a lot of the stuff you hear is just people who don't really follow state cricket. I heard yeah. Jared Waitley say that he thought Cameron White should be in the test team. 
It's like interesting. It's ridiculous because he bats at seven for Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Callum Ferguson bats at three for South Australia, and White's the knock on White's game is always the looseness and of his um, technique around the swing ball. So yeah, yeah. what is South Africa going to do? Exploit him? He wouldn't. Yeah, but the big, but him. the big, the big thing too is that he's in the same boat as Cal. Cal Ferguson is that he's 32 and he's yeah. the answer for a series or two, maybe. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be the long-running answer. Like, So uh, who's next, Ross? Well, Australia used to laugh at England for having, like, 32-year-old debutantes and folks yeah. over 35 playing for them. We've got a 37-year-old who can't make yep. a run in Voges, or a flat-track bully, in a sense. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we're like England were in the 90s, just... All our fast bowlers break down. We get old debutant batsmen. There's no young batsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, Underperforming keeper with the bat. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Alex Stewart style. Yeah, we yeah. pretty much are. Yeah. Yeah, we are well, there is good. one young bloke floating around that could get a go, Ross. <laughs> yes. The old South Australian Mustaka. Yeah. Yes, Jake Mr. Lehman. I, there's Cricket Australia website had an article about potential batsmen who could play, and they all had averages in the 30s. Hanscom, Bancroft, Head, there's a couple of others. Yep. Jake Lehman averages 48. Yep. Five first-class hundreds in only 18 games. He made a lot of runs in England, too, when the ball does tend to swing around a little bit, when he's on his county tour, I believe. Oh, I'm not sure he's played county. He might have. I'm not sure. But I thought he played like a local... Was like oh, a did county. he? Yeah, I think he might have yeah. played local cricket. I think. Okay. He well, he dominated that then. Um, yeah. He certainly... He's got the... Um, He's, the thing he does, he makes centuries, whereas some of the others are scrapping around, like Nick Maddinson's made eight first-class tons, and he's played about six or seven seasons of first-class cricket. Jake yeah, played, yeah. This is the start of his third season. He's already made five tons. Yeah, yeah. He's got the right stuff, hasn't he, mate? Yeah, I think so. Like, um, it's like his old man. One. Suppose the thing that's tough with him is, like, that's... Nepotism. Oh, not nepotism. No, no, no. It's, it's a, it's a bit of a gamble because eighteen tests, he's still eighteen. Sorry, for Shield games, he's still a touch. Yes, yeah, it's shot. a bit of a small sample. Unproven. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you might be able to slot him in when we had a good side, yeah. Ricky yeah. Ponting and all these guys around him. But if you slot him in, like yesterday, and he's walking out there in like the tenth over or something, yeah. like that's a fair bit on his shoulders. That's true. I mean, but then well, again, the next test is in Adelaide. He's yeah. home. Yeah. His home test. And someone, I know it's hard to compare, but someone like Shane Warren had played like four first class yeah, games well, that's when true, they just yeah. threw him in there. And exactly. Nathan Lord had played 10. Yeah, let's see what he's got. Yeah. The know. selectors seem to have lost their nuts a little bit too. Yes. Because they're going for blokes like Voges after he made 1,300 runs. That's not what being a test selector is about. Otherwise, you could just get an, the um, computer to do it, you know? Yeah, that's you right. Sit yeah, there just, and go, yeah. oh, put a database together. Oh, pick him. He's a batsman. Mm-hmm. He scored yeah. this many. Put him in. Yeah. Like, they, they, there's no nous about them. There's no intuition or, or not intuition. Mm-hmm. That's a bad, wrong word for it. But as experienced cricket experts. Know how. Knowing this is this bloke is a test player. Um, England yeah. are showing us how to do it. They've got a 19-year-old mm-hmm. opener. Yeah, he nearly out for eighty-two today. He batted really well. Uh, On an absolute road, I might add. Oh yes, true, but um, so but it's in India where we've never succeeded on roads or you know dust bowls. I don't think we've played on a pitch like that in India for the last thirty-five years. Would be nice though. I don't understand how they've got the pitch. Why they made that pitch like that? Made us scared of Moen Ali. Yeah, he does yeah. turn it a bit. Yeah, they've, got a the spinner. they've got a spinner who turns the ball. Yeah, so he so spins they, under the ball, yeah. though. He needs to go over it. Shane Ward said. And they've what? got a spinner who doesn't bowl full tosses or half trackers. He actually mm-hmm. finds a good length for yeah. six. And, and just bowls six balls in a row yeah. on that length. And bowls <laughs> over the wicket. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't mind going around, but <laughs> keeping your length is key. Yeah. Well, that was a good well, deep dive, Ross. It was, it's, it's all doom and gloom, but um, it all, all the rot started in Perth, didn't it, on day two? Yeah, yeah. Um, 2.42 all out South Africa. That was a good first day. And then we were none for 100. Just 170, about. I think, weren't we? Yeah. Well, at stumps on day one. Then we got to none for 170, I think, yes. And then lost 10 for 86. We capitulated like a bunch of female dogs. Well, the interesting thing, I talked about this morning, because obviously the rain and I was just chatting about on the coverage, and they put up, like, the worrying thing about the 10 for 86. Yeah. So you've got, like... Where, what was it? This, this test was 10 for 85 yeah, on a swinging, yeah. you know, overcast conditions. Rah, rah, rah. 
10 for 86 in Perth, yeah. which is a bit hotter, drier, a bit of a harder yeah. to get rah, rah. 10 for about the same in Colombo, which is a different pitch again. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're in like one circumstance where we're no. going, okay, yeah, we struggle here, but then you go over here and we're smashing everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. It was it's three sets everywhere. of conditions. Completely different. Oh, yeah. With the exact same result, which just shows there is a fundamental flaw yeah. in our batting yeah. lineup. I read somewhere that between... Um, 1990 and 2000, we hadn't capitulated. There was zero under 100 yeah, capitulations. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. the next decade, there was zero. Yes. And like this five years, we've done it four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they put crazy. Up, something they put up yesterday it was like from 2013 to now, and there was about 10 of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, but when do they get it? When is someone going to go? Something's not playing a natural game idea and mentality, yeah, being good. aggressive and taking the game to the bowler and blah blah blah. It's not working. There's, there's, a, reason, but there's a reason a guy like Chris Rogers was one of the only blokes yeah. who actually looked comfortable in the last Ashes series yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got a compact game, he doesn't play Larry shots, he yeah. bats for time, he uses his brain. Yeah. Like, and in all fairness to the entire batting group, maybe Smith's slightly the exception, there's no one has that mentality. Are you saying that we should pick people with better natural games? Yes. So play your natural game, but yeah. your natural game is actually a stodgy opener, yeah. yes. and you'll yeah. graft out 100. Yeah. And then it's two days. We're complaining because we can't make quick lunch to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be complaining that test matches go five days. And... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> Boring would be weird. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, shit. But, like, raise some real concerns, because I want to go to, like, the second or third day of Boxing Day test. I'm just worried it won't be on. Yeah. After the other <laughs> day 2. Um, it's an interesting point, Mick, because England are a strong test team now, as much as it shits me to admit that. Yeah. And, and they actually play quite enterprising cricket now. But yeah. They built up, and they've, you know, they've built up over the best part of a decade. They build up from being very boring. Yes. Scrum, yeah. Jonathan Trott, Cook. Yeah. Now they're not they're not they're not, you know, Jeffrey Boycott or that slow yeah. scorers, but they were they're grinders and they grind it out and they grind it out and then they get their fast bowlers in and they just bowl dry <clears> at them line and length, you know. Yeah. yeah. Wait for the batsman to make a mistake. And they're and successful. They're successful. Now that they've been successful and they've got that base They've added a little bit of flair. Ben Stokes has a bit of flair about him. You know? Yep, Johnny Bairstow. Yeah, Moeen Ali uh, yep. has got that. He's risen from being a number eight to a number five. Oh, look, there's yep. Steve Waugh. Oh, there you go. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, they are just copying Australia from um, the, the yes, 80s. The years. Yeah. yeah. Through, and they're just they're showing us how it's done. Mm. So do you think the Australian um, black hole playing... Players to choose from in Australia are just lacking talent. Is that the problem? Yeah. Or are we talented enough, but we can't apply ourselves? Well, we just don't... Yeah. Or is there a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. But I reckon it's a little bit more number two than number one. It's, that, yeah. we're, that we're not applying ourselves yeah. enough. I feel like it's, it's that lack of application. They yeah. want it to be easy, and when it's not, they don't want to know about it. Yeah. yeah, and you and give so, excuses off. And, yeah. Oh, and, play the natural game, yeah. play a shot with a tail end, or I can't just block out two overs in a row. And yeah. Steve Smith noodle them around and get up to 150, which is not respectable, but something. Yeah. yeah. Instead, you get fucking rolled for 80. Yeah, and you can do that in the IPL. Like, I know people say this, but all the, all the Australians play IPL who can. No? They yeah. yes. turn it down. And. Those games are out of sight, out of mind for Australians. So they could go yeah. and stink it up, you know, three games in a row and probably, you know, oh, they'd stuck in there and got a couple of boundaries, we could have won the game, but it's all forgotten. It just, you know, washes out. Like Chinese out. food. Yeah, it's not uh, scrutinised <laughs> to any great level about, nah, oh, jeez, if he'd done this. Applied game. himself, yeah. Yeah, and it's also it's like, oh, well, he had to... And it's true in T20, you have to go for your shot. So people will go, oh, well, fair enough, he was trying to hit a four. That's fair enough, he needed to. They need 10 or yeah. Whereas yeah. it's a completely different mindset in Test cricket, and um, I don't think they want it. That's what that's the, the impression they give, that they don't want it to be hard. If it's easy and they can belt along at four runs and over, well, then they're happy with Test cricket. Like when we play the West Indies. Yeah, yeah. yeah on flat decks and yeah. against, you know, second-rate... Um, uh, the opposition who care even less than us. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. 
But when it gets hard, don't want to know about it. Good front runners, good flat track bullies, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, the tables turn. And and the worst thing is like we used to boss test matches. Um, yeah. But now we can't even boss a full day. A session. Yeah. yeah. Like you saw that in the first test against South Africa. We we had them, you know, down. Yeah. None for 170. They made 242. Yeah. So can't even be bothered continuing to boss a game. No. It's weird. Mm. Oh, good. Yes. All right. Good work, guys. That's the longest national team talk we've ever had. Well, it was worth it. I just still go back to that crowd figure. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, there was some good news in Australian cricket uh, today, and that was the Australian women's... uh, Sorry, the Governor-General's 11, which is like the Prime Minister's 11 for the Australian women cricketers. So the George Bailey 11? Yes, that's right. They played South Africa. South Africa here for a five-game, one-day tour. And they beat the South Africans. And it was all down to Beth Maloney, who made 95 not out, carried her bat, and the Aussies chased down a score of just over 200 to win that game. Oh, bloody Maloney! (laughs) Oh, Bethlehem just get the job done. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. All right. Um, we look now at an interesting piece of information that came out recently. We talk about the national team and we feel like there's been a bit said about poor culture within the team. Oh, yes. And recently it came across our desk and quite a few other people's because it was on the Fox Sports website. <laughs> <laughs> not an exclusive. <laughs> no, not an exclusive. Um, Brett Jeeves recalling his time with the Australian team in South Africa in March 2009. And just, I wanted to preface this, because he doesn't mention it, but he'd already played for Australia in August 2008 when they <laughs> played three ODIs against Bangladesh in Darwin. That's when Andrew Simons went fishing. So yeah. he had actually played with the Australian team before. <laughs> okay, so it's quite long, but I'll give it a go. I'm standing at a pedestrian crossing in Cape Town, an Australian cricket team tour member in a squad led by Michael Clark and Ricky Ponting, waiting for the red man to give the green man a turn. It was like being in the <laughs> desert, and I felt like the only person in the world. Then across the other side appeared from a walking track Clark and his then-girlfriend Lara Bingle. There we were, eight lanes apart, no cars nor other humans in sight. They couldn't miss me. I could have been crawling along the ground in full camo, and they would have seen me. <laughs> As we got close up again to take my headphones out so I could say g'day. Maybe even stop at the halfway point for a chat on the 10 metres of land between the two highways. We would have been safe. What happened next makes me glad I possess a sense of humour that thrives on awkward encounters. Because Michael and Lara walked straight past me without even a tip of the cap, no smile, zero acknowledgement. I think they may have turned around when I burst out laughing, but I can't be sure. (laughs) If you've ever heard the saying inside the professional sporting bubble and thought to yourself, nah, there's no such thing. I'm here to tell you differently, thanks to experiences in the strange realm of leadership cricket style. There's not one thing about professional cricket that is comparable to work in the real world. The pay is inflated, your crew leave at a faster rate than Marion Jones after a drink of the special Kool-Aid, and this grants you five months' holidays a year. You'll also access the local links at least three times a week. There are few, if any, policies, guidelines, behavioural codes or punishments for displaying the coping mechanisms of a spoiled five-year-old who hasn't learned to share. Unless, of course, you aren't performing or injured, then you can't sneeze downwind of the coach without getting a written warning. How many physical altercations have you seen in your workplace that haven't resulted in someone being sacked on the spot or at the very least within a week? Sure, Simon Kaddish got sacked, but it was much further down the road and on the back of a Michael Clark power play to put an end to the feud that had featured a grabbing of the throat and lifting off the ground and a pooping of the pants. <laughs> <laughs> but is it any wonder there is so much angst being reported about the leadership era of Clark? In many regards, it's not his fault. I'm tipping he holds no formal qualifications in leadership or management or human resources. Cricket coaches and players are not capable of implementing appropriate communication processes to ensure harmony amongst a team. They just aren't experts in this field. They are too reliant on how it was done when they played or the values ingrained in them as kids or selfish excesses of power and ego that we are seeing monetized at the optimal Christmas book telling, book selling time. <laughs> it seems that some level of appropriate human resources process would have done wonders for not just Clark and his broken relationships, but all those players like myself who seem to pop in and out of the team very briefly. 
I've heard countless horror stories of big, mad quicks and straight-back batters calling home from tours in tears. Such was the lack of induction or onboarding from new teammates, coaching staff and the CA travelling posse. This is crucial, not just for the sake of team harmony, but because it's the right thing to do as a human being. My own experience as a travelling member of the South African Test Tour of 2009 is a great example of how the real world and the way we communicate meant to enhance the strengths and weaknesses of our colleagues that make up our workplace compares unfavourably to the bubble of professional cricket. The call to inform me that I was on a plane to South Africa was one of the biggest thrills of my cricket career. The fact that it came at the expense of the internal tendon that joined Doug Bollinger's ribcage was irrelevant. The flight <laughs> over was long, 17 hours in transit. The entire trip I couldn't stop thinking about arriving in Johannesburg and witnessing the raw beauty of the landscape. What would be waiting for me? My mind raced. A media throng with a press conference, maybe a limo? At the very least, I was convinced there would be a person carrying a white piece of cardboard with my name on it. You can imagine my surprise when I came off the flight and there was no one awaiting my arrival. No media, no press conference. Most importantly, no member of the Cricket Australia posse to give me a lift back to the ground where Australia had just won the first test. That's unbelievable. Yeah, no one, no morning tea, no introductory email, no coffee, no cake. (laughs) After an hour of waiting, I collected my ticket bag, my suitcase, my laptop and trudged over to change the $100 note I had so I could grab a cab to the ground. I'm not a well-travelled man, so I had no idea that carrying around... Sorry, that catching a cab in Joburg, the crime capital of the world, while carrying two enormous bags and a laptop bag was reasonably dangerous. The giveaway was the open admission from the driver that I had just made him a target for both abduction and death, and myself a valuable commodity for ransom. I took all my Cricket Australia clothing off immediately as the driver's sweating and shaking increased. As we approached the ground to within about 500 metres, I was informed that I would be taken no closer and was asked to exit the vehicle. I did so as I could see the ground and streams of people departing as the game had finished. A safe place. As I made my way through the main gate, I was collared by a large security guard carrying a machine gun. Where are you going? I replied something about replacing Doug Bollinger, and I had my CA bag with my name on it and was part of the squad. He didn't buy it and denied me access to the ground. From there, I walked around to the another gate where there was a smaller gentleman also carrying a machine gun, and he took the time to escort me to the players' change rooms. What a relief! I was now safe and would no doubt be welcomed into the celebration with a large, Hooray, Jeever is here! (laughs) As I open the door, I can see the quizzical looks from a number of players as I sheepishly say hello and then hear the words I'll never forget. What are you doing here? That is a bit stiff, isn't it? No morning tea, no introductory email, no coffee, no cake. Worse was yet to come. I was fortunate enough to have been selected to stay on as part of the ODI squad might have been because all the quicks have been sent home post the test tour, but I'm clinging to the fact that I had earned it. Having set out the first two one day as I was brought in for the third one in Cape Town, sadly in the run chase I walked across my stumps whilst batting and had my sand shoe caved in by the Morkel who isn't even that good. <laughs> the result was a broken foot and I was sent home. Finding out you've got a broken foot and being handed your flight details for the next morning is an extremely flattening experience. You would think there'd be a process in place to ensure the mental well-being of players in this sort of situation. The real world would provide an exit interview, a coffee, maybe some cake, a card, <laughs> maybe even some... He loves drinks. cake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the CEO or the manager or one of the assistants would certainly touch base with you to wish you well. Not in the bubble of cricket. Bubble. I had Nathan Horrocks sit with me in my room for a stint, and then the team masseuse, Christian Binder, who I had developed a great relationship with, dropped by also. The next morning, I hobbled my way downstairs with all my gear and waited in the foyer for the team physio to get me to the airport. As I waited, I watched the coach, the captain, and the member of the team management having breakfast with Brett Lee, who was not a playing member of the squad. I thought about going over to say goodbye, but by that stage, I had experienced enough to know that I wasn't exactly a valued member of the squad, and a quiet exit would be a fitting way of departing the human resources nightmare that was my tour of South Africa. Oh, there you go, eh? Yeah, hard hitting the bubble. Yeah, pretty crazy. Like, yeah, so just of... they treat their commodities, their people, particularly the fringe ones, like shit. Yeah. 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 What for? Well, who knows? Because the best thing that Jeeves said in that article was, "It's Cake. one. It's one. No, it's one human with another human. That's what it is. So why yeah, would yeah. you help one another? Yeah. yeah. Just it defies belief." Uh-huh. Um, 
Exactly. But I feel like a lot of the, um, because they're exalted from a young age, those sort of, you know, gifted athletes, that they, they lack some of those human decency qualities. Yeah. But, but I do like the idea of the bubble, though. Yeah, but for an organisation yeah. not to have someone putting up OH&S posters and looking after the human resources is, is a, a bad mistake. Yeah. Covering or not even just having a procedure for when the guy comes over. Mm. Yeah. What happens? Yeah, what, maybe... need, what five boxes need to be ticked when a guy flies yeah. in to replace yeah. someone? Have we picked home. him up from the airport? Yeah. 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 Number Shit. one. No. Basics. Yeah. Well, we better go and get him. Yeah. Basics. Yeah. Should we meet him at the gate of the ground so he doesn't <laughs> so he gets let in? <laughs> Should we say good day when yeah. he walks through the door and not? What are you doing? Yeah. Jeeva's yeah. here. Here, beauty. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> things like that? You know, looking after the team. The players in the team would that fall in the wheelhouse of the team manager, Grant Doe? Yeah, you yeah, would have thought so. Think so. Too busy wearing lavender shirts and getting his face on telly, yeah, think, and not yeah. not thinking about picking people up from the airport. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. So, mm. after listening to this, Ross, the bubble, the bubble, uh, but everything we've said against the bubble, I love. The we're bubble. now implementing a bubble at Mid Off Cricket Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So this is going along with, as um, our listeners would have noticed, we're in different studios today. We're at the frederickharold.com.au studios and the Frederick Harold Facebook page studio. <laughs> the reason why that has happened is we've been given a, an actual sponsorship. A financially viable sponsor. Uh, financially viable, yes, but I don't think we're getting any sort of financial stuff oh, from it. Okay. But we are getting merch. Oh, so what um, Jesse Bilkey, the boffin down at Frederick Harold HQ, oh, yes, has suggested a, that he will be making a uh, mid-off cricket podcast line of socks. Ooh, our own range. Our own range. Oh, yes, please. Watch out. Yeah. Watch out, Jordan. Here we come. Exactly. So and we've created a bubble. Yes, we've created a bubble. Now we just need people in the bubble. Oh, yes. And then the, so everyone on the periphery of the bubble. Obviously, we're all in here in the bubble, and Ross is in, but we're in. Yeah, what <laughs> are you doing here, Ross? Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I think we could have conjoined bubbles, couldn't we? <laughs> so, obviously, the four members are in the bubble, but what we're going to do is... Our favourite, we'll all pick our favourite listeners to the podcast. The people who contribute the most fall into the bubble. Okay. Now, I okay. think there's pretty, there's pretty clear members, and I'll, I'll mix very good on the listener feedback and memory of all yeah. these people. Yeah, I don't know who we're doing this. Because I'm in the bubble, they're on the Yes. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, our, our favourite, uh, highest contributing listeners will be in the bubble, and they'll all receive free. Complimentary Frederick Harold Mid Off Cricket Podcast style socks. Oh, On top of that, um, the designs aren't set in stone for the Mid Off Cricket Podcast sock range. Mm-hmm. So there'll probably be one with the logo on it. But designs logo. can be sent in to the uh, Mid Off Cricket Podcast Facebook page. Drawing dicks on socks. They're drawing dicks on whatever you want. Cops if you have a design, socks. send it through because that may help you get into the bar. Mm. The yes. DJ Worrell sock with the pitch of the penis. Yes. <laughs> cocks on socks, socks on cocks. Yes. I reckon there might be a candy stripe spiral sock. Yeah. Let's hope right, so who's in our bubble? Yeah, so who's in the bubble? So I'm going to say uh, Kirby. Yeah, for yeah. one. Um... And I'll throw it over to you guys who have a far greater memory of the contributors. Uh, Jimmy Grant. Yeah, 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 Jimmy Grant as well. I'd say um, he, he refuses to comment, but he gives a lot of feedback. Uh, Tip Madsley. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Let's get him some socks. He'll love them. Um, I would be inclined to say uh, Nifty, Nathan Ryan. Yeah. Being the bubble. Nifty is a big, big fan of the podcast. That's four. And uh, Jesse Bilkey probably needs well, to be in the bubble. Clearly too. is the bubble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's creating the bubble. Sort of Peripheral hangers on like um, Huss. He's a bit of a hanger. Yeah, on. yeah Grant, Grant Lucy Toothcoat needs yeah. some liniment sniffers. I reckon. Yeah. Nah, he, Lucy Toothcoat doesn't even listen to the. Nah. the <laughs> but he did sit through seven hours of our shitty BBL yeah. double. That's only because he was so hungover he literally couldn't move. <laughs> I think that's enough for the bubble. I think yeah, at I the think, moment. Yeah. I think. Is there anyone we missed? We you know and. Please let us know on the Facebook page if we've missed you and you feel your yeah, blog. If you feel, you feel your bubble worthy and we've missed yeah. you, let us know. Yeah. I won't be reading it. And send through <laughs> some designs to perhaps get into this bubble. Yes. Ugh. Have I got it right, Alex? You can correct me. Let me uh, say this, that we're giving out socks to those of those people who, like us, are inside the tent pissing out 
Rather than than giving socks to those people who are outside the tent pissing in. Yes. (laughs) Perfectly correct. Succinctly put, mate. So we want contributors and they get in our bubble and you get rewards for contributing to this podcast, guys. Yeah. Right. Uh, Let's move on. Yes. Buy Frederick Harold socks. (laughs) Buy them now. Buy them today. Let's move on. They're great. I have a pair myself. I actually have six pairs. If you would stop interrupting me, I would move on. <laughs> Buy the socks. Buy them. State cricket now. I'm not going to stop regardless of what you say. State cricket <laughs> now, and there's a round of the shield on during the last test match in Perth. Mm. Uh, South Australia met Tasmania. Tassie's batting is abysmal. Oh, Absolutely. apart from the Governor General. Shit. They got bowled out for 98 on day one. Um, South Better than Australia. Yeah, South Australia. <laughs> 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 Uh, South Australia won easily there. The only highlight for Tassie... Uh, Chad Sayers took 11 wickets for the match. 6 for 32 in the first yeah. Piper in the second. George Bailey made 142 after he had a nearly 100-run stand with Jackson Bird, who made 39. Can't bat. Oh, the man can't bat at 11. What a shitter. Yep, Victoria played Queensland, and it was actually a very similar game. Queensland were shit. And Victoria won comfortably. Cameron White made a century batting at seven. Glenn Maxwell came back in at the expense of Aaron Finch, who made 80-odd batting down at six, which is a disgrace in itself. Batting below Matthew Wade. Uh, yep. Yes. And um, New South Wales played WA. Spinner's Paradise. Will Somerville um, took um, nine wickets for the match. Ashton Agar took ten. Oh, Jeez. fuck off. Yes. And um, Nick Mavis... Isn't he a batsman now? New South Wales, in the last innings, needed 96 for victory. They were 2 for 75 and ended up 7 for 96. Yeah, they did their best to lose it, didn't they? They nearly choked. Yes, nothing would have been sweeter. If only they had um, Warner and Smith and all those other New South Wales players in the test side in the side, they might have choked. They might have done a bit better. Very good point. Okay. We leave state cricket there. There's another round of Shield starting Thursday. And we head over to Mick for my take. All righty. So, um, yeah, so my take with Mick for this episode is um, I'm going to discuss the man who Ross just mentioned who's batting at six for the Victorians. is Glenn Maxwell. Legend. Gun. So, Glenn Sensible Maxwell. Bat. The big show, Circus Maximus, or as I feel like I constantly refer him to, what the fuck was that, Maxwell? <laughs> For this episode, my take, I thought I'd have a look at the man who once opened the batting and bowling in a, in a, in a test for Australia. <laughs> as anyone who's listened to the podcast or knows me personally, I, I won't go down in history as Glenn Maxwell's biggest fan. And when I heard he wanted to go to New South Wales, my, thir- my first thought was good, piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> but Cricket Victoria stood in his way and said, not today, Glenn. And that didn't stop the selectors and new Victorian coach, Andrew Ronald McDonald, from getting the shits up and dropping him for round one of the Sheffield Shield anyway. <laughs> for Cricket Australia stepped in and told the Vicks in no uncertain terms not to do that again. Basically the equivalent of your parents yelling from the other room, I don't care, I said play with your brother. <laughs> so after his first round snubbing, Max, snubbing, Maxwell commented, I think my record speaks for itself, this is where my ears perked up. Oh, yes, and I was ready, at, ready to attack Maxwell like Mark Cosgrove attacks the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> oh, drive-by, <laughs> Mark. When I did, but what I did find was a man with a, with a fairly decent first-class record. Absolutely. Who actually has every right, to, every right to point this out to the media. In his 44 first-class games, he's amassed 2,700 runs at 41.64. So it's not too shabby. With five tons and 17.50. Jesus. Yeah. So not too shabby and more than enough to put your hand up for number six for Australia. For comparison, Mitch Marsh, who was was at the time currently batting that position. My man, Bison. Averages 29.5. (laughs) 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 Fucking shit. Uh, his brother Sean averages 40 and a bit our keeper Peter Neville averages 38.35 and Callum Ferguson averages 40.23 so of course you know anyone can argue that some of those blokes bat higher up the order have another skill set and the numbers but but realistically numbers don't lie so um, and these numbers are enough to suggest that he may deserve a chance at test level as Brad Hodge and Barry Richards have suggested in the last few days yep 
But oh, no. oh, here he goes, and it's a big but. He doesn't deserve to play as an all rounder, which has been what has been sprouted. We don't need at first class. Sorry, yep. Sorry, we don't need an all rounder. Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. yeah. But at first class level, Maxwell has taken fifty five wickets at thirty nine point eight seven. Jesus, he's never taken a five far and has only only taken four wickets twice. Mm. John Holland's gone. Yeah, so Christ, John Holland actually has a better <laughs> bowling record, taking double the wickets and a lesser average than Maxwell does. Yeah. I understand Dutchie probably gets more opportunities, and he's a bowler using and and he's a bowler using that term very loosely. <laughs> How Brad Hodge had seventy four wickets of forty one, and he's in an all rounder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that also hurts Maxwell is he rarely bowls for the mix, so. Trying to use that as a string in his bow is really what hurts him. Mm. But the the um, the feather he does have in his cap is his fielding abilities. So he's probably the closest thing we have to a modern day Jonty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. In all fairness, um, he has and he has the ability to to take, take a catch or get a run out or just you know he can turn a game in the field. Ooh, what do we call that? So a lot of lazy people call that trap trait X factor. Oh, yes, bit of X factor. Yes. But realistically, I think it's better described as influence. He has the or, or being influential. He has the ability to have an influence on the game when he's not batting or bowling. Yeah. Um, but I think that's I think that's the area that really the Aussies should be looking to pick him. It's like when you're picking guys like Usman Khwaja, you have to hide at square leg, you can't field, and yeah. things like this. Having a guy or even like Warner's one of the better fielders, but he's in the court and, and things like that. You can put Maxwell cover. at a cover. Worst case, if you've got a, a ring field out of mid-wicket or something, yeah. and he's going to create something. Yeah. So I really think, like, that's going to be his best. Uh, with his batting, like, like I said, like, I'm not his biggest fan, but it's hard to look at his numbers and suggest that there isn't, there shouldn't be an opportunity for him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so, like I said, so, so um, in summary, I think he has every, he has he actually has every right to feel a little bit slighted at the moment, mm-hmm. personally. Um but this, but, but he's definitely not going to be the answer to Darren Lehman's or rounder obsession. And that's one thing we need to get out of mm-hmm. yeah. our mind. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I'm from that. Like it's hard to go past like the figures with Jake Lehman. Like his yeah. figures are really, really good. But it's a pretty good record there, Maxwell has, and he's been. I know he's been given test opportunities, but he's also he's only been given three, and he's yeah. been giving them as an afterthought, mm. and just like, we'll see what this bloke can do. And rah, places rah. we never win. No. Yeah, like I'm places gonna... where there's a very good chance he's going to fail, yeah. and then you go, oh, look, he failed. Yeah, yes. well, it's an interesting, I'm interesting point, Mick. Um, I don't see why he's not playing one-day cricket for Australia. Uh, to me, he, yeah. that's exactly the one-day cricket with his fielding. He could bowl 10 overs of his, um, you know, fairly innocuous off-spin, you know, fairly yeah. comfortably most games. Um, and um, yeah, he's batting in one day cricket. Like I see him as he's not Mark War, obviously, but his bowling's probably on a par with Mark War. He's fielding a bit yeah. close to it, and he's batting. Well, Mark War is a very good batsman, but uh, he should be like Mark War did in the second half of his career. Open should be opening the batting in one day cricket. One day um, cricket, yeah. yeah. And if he doesn't transfer across and be a Test player, Bevan style, so what? He could be one of Australia's greatest ever one day cricketers. Yeah, yeah. Does uh, on the test side of things, he seems to be a natural game player, and that's it. No, yeah, that's, that's gonna that's gonna be the biggest yeah, knock on him. Why? That's what people get selected. No, for. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say that's not stopping him getting selected, no. but just on our point of view, yeah, it should be that, that. That's a fair point. I think yeah. and that's and that's probably another big um, knock on him is that if you're gonna be, you can't be two day Warners. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like with, like and he's and he's. The closest thing you can have to a middle order Dave Warner in, in Australia. So but Mitch Marsh fails all the time. Adam yeah. Voges fails all the time. But, the, but that's, really but that's the other point. Like you've got you've got Voges who's done. He's going to retire with one of the highest averages ever. But it's most of it's against the West Indies. And yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. All of it's against yeah. the West Indies. So it's like, well, you know what? Drop Voges. Like why is he in the side now? Double change. Like, he should have been dropped off that first test. At his age, as soon as he fails, he should have been out. I yeah. want a double change. I want Lehman in. Yeah. I want Maxwell in, and I want Voges out, and I want Ferguson out. Ooh. And yeah. I want Usman Khawaja to get a smaller watch so he can field from yeah. <laughs> You know what? Worst case, I'm sure fucking Maxwell can keep. Yeah, that's it. Give him the glove. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's already done it. Can. He already yeah. did it in the test in Abu Dhabi. 
Yeah. He can catch, so he can keep. That's all there is to it. He'll try and keep up to, like, Hazelwood or someone. Yeah. Break yeah, the leg side stuff. stuff. Here, boss. No <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, but I think we're at that point as a country when it comes to our fucking test size. So like, well, why the fuck not? Just throw it in the air and say, yeah. fuck it, you reckon? Just go, yeah. let's have a crack. Why the fuck not? Well, exactly. You get rolled for 80-odd and you haven't yeah. won a test in yeah. how long? Yeah, like, yeah 10 years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, like we, we, we were joking about, like, how we're like England at the moment. Well, maybe we'll take a bit of that England mentality and just go, well, this is a guy who's in relative form, seems to have the skill set. Let's give him three tests and see what fucking happens. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. And give him to him in Australia. Don't give him to him in Abu Dhabi or in yeah. Lahore or somewhere else like that where he's destined to possibly screw it up. Pick him in Adelaide, pick him for Boxing Day, send him up to Sydney. In Sydney, he could actually be, he could actually be handy because he can be, he could be, he can spin. He can be a third spinner. Well, if, and like, if the yeah. thing that was holding back his selection was the fact that he and Nathan Lyon are both off spinners, I don't think that's going to be an issue for much longer. No, nah, well, that's no. true, yeah. <laughs> but that's like, without going too much, like, that, like that's me done with the Maite. Maite is a match where should be given a crack. And yeah, yeah. That's coming from me. He's not his number one fan. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's, he's, he's probably got enough credits in the bank to probably... Be given the chance, but the other—that's the other side of this coin. But like, yeah, okay, look, Maxwell's Maxwell, Lyon's struggling, but who do we replace him with? Yeah, uh, Agar probably. Yeah, well, at the that's moment, at the moment, it sounds like that. And you know what? Agar fits the Rod Marsh thing. He can he can make ninety four at eleven. Yeah. So yeah. happy days. <laughs> nepotism. <laughs> I'm just going to say nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good, Mick. Thanks, Mick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Move Cheers, on now to Premier Cricket, and uh, Big James Paddo made a comeback. Big dumb Paddo, big dumb Paddo. Yeah. I'm on the tools, lads. He's just on the, on the tools, comeback boys. Tour, that guy, isn't he? Mm, yeah. yeah. What's on Farnham? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, what's happening in local cricket, Mick? Alrighty, yeah. So uh, local cricket. Um, start off with uh, Tom Kimpton of the Royal Park Brunswick Cricket Club took eight for three. Yeah. To help lead his team to an outright victory against Footscray A and A. Well, I'm guessing it stands for abysmal and atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so Kim, it's a bit of an interesting story, the old Kimpton story. So him and um, his fellow tailender, who also happens to be his housemate, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Mr. Rory Callum. Rory Callum. So they were already the heroes of the day because they went in. And put on 13 runs for the 10th wicket to get the first innings points. Oh, okay. So everyone's like, oh, you know, like, happy days, first innings points. And going, well, you know, we're no Banuel, we're no Timmy Veal, so we're going to have to crack this outright and see what happens. <laughs> and um, old uh, Tommy has taken five for zero off his first five overs before getting slapped around a little bit and finishing with eight for three off nine overs. And now we're including seven maidens. Oh, yeah, so not a bad not a bad day at the office for old uh, Tommy. And we have a bit of a old uh, Mr. David Bullock may have played a bit of football with Tom. I did play days. football with Tom. Um, big, tall, red-headed, dumb ruckman. Yeah. Um, but great fella. Yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, well, nice. the top. Everyone likes a ginger ruckman. What's Except for Carlton, I'm trading. Just see him up little dobblers, I'd imagine. They're typically dobblers. Yeah. Wow, mm. Military leaders. No, I, don't know. I have no idea. But he's it's quite tall, so I'm assuming that he bowls a bit faster than bowls into the pitch. Yeah. Eight for three. Yeah. 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 A meeting in the weighted ball. Oh, really? Just in between. doesn't kiss the pitch. 200 grams. Yeah, 200. All righty. So, on to our next bloke. So, as good as Tom's performance was... And they actually went the best figures of the week. Jesus. And they go to Jurgen Angry Anderson. <laughs> Jurgen. Yeah, I didn't make up the Jurgen. Jurgen. That's his. Who took nine for 79 Jesus. for North Dandenong. So you probably argue eight for three is better, but nine's an extra wicket, so we yeah. go with that. Yeah. No, uh, and he was denied his tenth because they had a run out. That a, no, it wasn't a run out. Oh, it's always a run out. They had a part time offy bowl at the other end, and he's just throwing one up. His bike's going to like cover drive the hell out of him. And cover's taken apparently like one of the catches of the decade, according oh, to the no. bikes on my cricket. This big pearler low to his left one hander and just gone oh. fuck number ten, thrown up in the air, and Jurgen just wept it finally. But that was okay. Imagine <laughs> Jurgen took the catch, oh, a blinder, yeah. and he just he did now. Yeah, so he took the catch. So he's on like. So, so on to men's Premier Cricket, uh, where 18-year-old Queensland rookie contracted player 
Bryce Two Meter Peter Street. <laughs> Clay made two hundred and thirty-four red for Sandgate Redcliffe in the Queensland Great Cricket. Get him in for so, the Adelaide Test. I was going to say the word is that um, he's, he's, uh, he's next in line for Adelaide. So, and uh, one of our other favourites, reality TV star turned Premier Cricket star Ian Holland. Peeled off 175 for Ringwood in Vic Premier Cricket as well uh, last weekend. And that was quite amazing, Mick, because they were chasing 380-odd against Carlton, and Ringwood Rams, they got it. Oh, nice. Yep, they chased it down, thanks to his 175. Mm. And Liam Jones is a bit expensive. Just leg side, full top. Just beat me. I was, I was sick until I go tut with him. I thought uh, tut got cut. Yeah. <laughs> he did get cut. Okay. Uh, just sorry, sorry, you, Ross. Continue. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, uh, women's women's Premier Cricket. Uh, so Lauren Smith from the Sydney Cricket Club claimed six for thirty-one, oh, and Alana King took five for twenty for Paran in Victoria. Nice. Now, um, on the last couple of my local cricket, we're talking about the uh, the big man from Werribee Central's Cricket Club, Mr. Dean Taylor. Yes. And uh, his achievements of his three hundred and eighty-one. <laughs> So after David asked me to do a little bit more research into yes. Dean's career, yes. I had a little bit more of a look into what has been happening. Deep dive. Did you go into the micro? I, I went down. I went down. I went down to my cricket. Knocked on the knocked on head office's door and said, "Fellas, I need Man. the files." And they said, "Okay, Mick, in you come." <laughs> did you walk into yeah. an Indiana Jones style yeah. massive yeah. room with this? I did see a bit of that on our shared desk at the yeah. Delhi yeah. office. So yeah, I'm yeah, very, very, very dusty Manila folders. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't have got top medal. Yeah. Top. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So after I discussed the last week, I wanted to you know touch a detail again. So the bloke from where we said, as I said, made three hundred eighty-one. So before the game in question, Dean had made eighteen hundred and sixty-four runs from one hundred and forty-four innings, which gives him an average of twelve point nine four. So since then, his average has jumped to nearly 18. So he jumped six runs due to this one innings. In oh, Jesus. But it also means that his 381 was almost 30 times his average. <laughs> or about three, or about a 339 increase. Oh, that's good. 339% increase on his average. Imagine being the team pilot team. He's a walker. <laughs> what was his high score before that? Mick? Prior to that, his high score was... A respectable 67. God, that's geez. awesome. So he's gone, you know, nearly 320 runs past his... Oh, that's fantastic. How um, many 50s or 100s has he made? Oh, yeah. He never, well, 67 was his highest. So <laughs> 380 is his first time. Pay attention. Uh, he, had, he only had... Yeah, I, he had, had to do something real yeah. fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had about four 450s. Thanks, Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even listening and I picked up on that. His high score is 67. How many tons has he made, Mick? <laughs> <laughs> this bubble shit. Ah. But anyway, why, why we're on the job here, I just want to say, well done, Dean, and you give hope to the rest of us keepers <laughs> oh, playing second and third and C and B and F grade all around the country. God, so good work, buddy. Mick, have awesome. you forgotten the local cricket achievement that's happened this year? Oh, of course, my man, Mr. Yeah. Brad Hodge, yeah. who peeled off 200 yesterday for the East Sandringham Cricket Club, yeah. including 24 boundaries and six, oh, eight, sorry, eight yeah. sixes. And they made him, from memory, was about five for 380 yeah. or something like that. And just on women's cricket, I believe friend of the show, Cassie Brock, made 70 odd today for the box. Oh, nice. So nice going along swimmingly this yeah. season. Good to hear. Mm. Well, we're just about out of time, but I have I found some interesting information during the week, so I'll have a quick one-question quiz. Okay. All right, so nearest the pin wins. <laughs> the patron saint of 12th men, Andy Bickle. Yes. How many times was he 12th man for Australia? Over to you, Alex, oh, for the first guess. 28. Okay. Mick? 37. <laughs> That's a career. Oh, and um, David, I'm going with 18, Ross. Oh, so close! It was 19. Oh, 
this is only in test cricket. Maybe I should have clarified. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, now, oh, now, well, now, I, now, I, now I want to say nice then. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, boys. I'll continue to dominate the quiz as I always have. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's because he probably played with Ian Healy at some stage, which is why you knew that. <laughs> He played, Andy Bickle played 19 test matches and he was 12th yep. man 19 times. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Hmm. Hmm. That is a fun fact, actually. I thought that was good. That was, yeah, that, that is, is a fun good fact. fact. All right. Um, and fun. We're all out of time, so quickly go to some listener feedback. And Alex, I heard that you were talking to a BFCC last night. That's a brother of a first class cricketer. Yes, <laughs> and he passed on some feedback that a friend of his loves the show. Just whenever they catch up, that's all he talks about is how great yep. the Off Cricket Podcast is. Except that he hates you and he reckons you're shit. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for repeating the story I told you an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, the uh, brother of a first-class cricketer uh, was telling me about Nathan Ryan, who's now in the bubble. Yeah. Right. Uh, Annoying the crap out of him because whenever they catch up, all he wants to talk about is a bit off the <laughs> But he goes, Oh, he loves everyone, loves everyone. Hates you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in those exact words in case I'm throwing someone under the bus. Jeez, I love the bubble. Yeah. The bubble's good, isn't it? I mean, to get all a first right. class cricketer in the bubble. To yes. close, because we had so much fun last time with it. I'm going to give us another... We read it last time. I'm going to read it again because it was such a good extract. I'm going to just read you about three or four lines from Mitchell Johnson's book. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Resilient, a.k.a. The Red Mist Descended. <laughs> we wrestled. We had a good time. It was what I... I think we both looked at each other and thought, nah, I'm not going to hit him. He's my mate. And down at the same time. I can't say I wasn't angry. It took me a few days to get over it. We eventually started to talk to each other again, and Watto remains one of my best mates in cricket. That's been the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. <laughs>